Is the best of two pros in a cup of Joe with LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, and Jonas Knox on Fox Sports Radio. BQ's back. Great having you, babe. What up? Yeah, glad to be back. Missed my brothers, missed you guys. Not a lot going on in my neck of the woods. Yeah. You want to talk about it? What, a little time with the family? Yeah, that's fun. How was that? Get after it a little bit? It's always great. Yeah. What's that? Hey, did you get after a little bit? Uh, did you guys have uh, some cocktails, or was it just all kid time? Most no, all kid time, yeah. man. All kid so, time. Oh, just, nice. try, just trying to make sure that they have fun, they're entertained. I feel like I'm in that phase of my life nice. where it's all about entertaining my children or other people's children, mm. at least at this point, yeah. you know? So, yeah, that's yeah. part of it. Um, Unless now, you're Jonas, of course. Which well, that kind of sounded weird now that I said that out loud. No, nah, eh, whatever. No, nah, not when you understand it. Yeah. You know, yeah. especially when you have kids and then there's play dates and then you got to entertain your kids and then you right. want their kids to feel comfortable. People understood you, brother. Yeah. Hopefully. We understood you. Yeah. We understood what you had to say there right there, brother. Listen, man, I worked at Chuck E. Cheese. I get it, man. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, for two now, weeks. Now I'm weirded out a little bit. Um, all right. So uh, can we? Uh, for there's two weeks. A, uh, we have a. Yeah, it was them more kids than two weird, weeks. Them kids weirded him out. He quit. My ass. I was there for at least four months. Um, all right. So no, you told me two. Uh, no, I was there. Told me two. No, no, no. I was there uh, probably uh, two and a half. Six months. Yeah, at least. Uh, I I heard you say two the last time no, you talked about. Well, then you just make it mess uh, up again. Uh, furthermore, who cares? Uh, all right. So here's uh, <laughs> we we have a uh, we have a developing situation uh, here in the NFL. Okay. This is uh, oh, this is uh, big news. Big, big news. news. It has led to a lot of speculation, mm. uh, and it involves the one and only Aaron Rodgers. Of course, uh, Aaron Rodgers took to Instagram last night oh. to the send out, and some people call it insecuregram, but he sent out a hashtag Monday night gratitude post mm. for some of the incredibly special people in my life mm. with some pictures from the last beautiful year. Now, we'll address the pictures here momentarily because it is radio. <laughs> but he went ahead and he thanked his, I'm assuming, ex-fiance, Shailene Woodley. Thanks for all the good times. Talked ah. about just all the impressive uh, you know, moments they spent together, uh, learning from her, her accepting him, unconditional love was used. Oh, I he, know what he's doing. He went on to thank the quarterback room. Wow. He thanked uh, his head coach, Nathaniel Hackett. Luke Getze, Jordan Love, Kurt Bankert. He also went on to thank close friends on the team and talked about what a wonderful experience the last year was. Is this a live read? He also (laughs) went on to say to everyone else, spread love and gratitude, you beautiful people, and read a book once in a while, too, while you're at it. Love and peace with two heart emojis. What you trying to say? We can't read? Now, the speculation went on. Can we? (laughs) As people I looked mean, at grade level. some of the pictures that Aaron Rodgers <laughs> sent out, and they were pictures of his fiance, ex fiance, rather, I'm assuming, uh, teammates. Yeah. And then the one that stood out to a lot of people was the fact that he stood every single game in between Devontae Adams and Randall Cobb before each game. And the final picture showed Devontae Adams and Randall Cobb standing without Aaron Rodgers in the middle. So I ask you, Brady Quinn. A former quarterback in the NFL, first-round draft pick, the pride of Dublin, Ohio, a man who fancies himself an Instagram star. 
What does this mean? Drum roll, please, from Roberto in the back. Brady Quinn, we all await your answer now. What does this post tell you about what Aaron Rodgers is doing in his immediate future? <clears throat> Absolutely nothing. <laughs> oh, come on. No, here. Here's, here's my conspiracy theory to what he's done here. So we saw how the Packers got out in front of everything in regards to Aaron Rodgers, the amount of money they're going to pay him, which I think is the number one thing. If you want to try to get the masses, the fans, the public on your side, you throw out some ungodly number like $45 million per year to make everyone go, that's a ton of money. How could he turn that down? If he turns that down, he must not be a good person. It can't, you can't blame the Packers. They offered him $45 million a year. So the Packers get out front throwing what and leaking what the money would look like if he comes back. And then the Packers get out in front and they talk about how you know, their relationship is great and everybody loves everybody and they want him back. Of course they're going to say that. What else can they say? They bet on him falling apart the last two years, and the exact opposite happened. He's a back-to-back MVP. Brian Gutenkunst, Mark Murphy have egg on their face from two years ago, Mm, going on three years ago. (laughs) Like, it's still there. I don't know if you see it. But it's still there, yoke and all, smacked right there on the <laughs> face. Oh, I'm with But it's still sitting there because they made that decision. He's made them regret it ever since. And yet they still keep getting out in front with the narrative. So I think he's saying all this to get out in front of what was, by the way, happened probably five months ago where this relationship went astray. But I digress. I think he's getting out of front of what could be something that becomes maybe more public and a personal relationship, something that he doesn't want to become public by getting out this kind of stuff early. So I I like what he's done here. I like what he's done, at least in regards from the Hollywood dating scene and trying to be proactive a la Paige out of the Green Bay Packers playbook. Now, LeVar Arrington, college football Hall of Famer. That's correct. TV star. I don't know about that. Radio star. That I mean, that's that I'm a dope radio dude, but um, I won't say radio star. A man who once owned eight automobiles at one time. That is very true. And now parks really? now yeah, yeah. parks yeah. backwards in a parking spot here oh, in Southern California. A military kid. No, th- we're gonna have to have a talk about that. Levar Harrington. Mm-hmm. What does this post from Aaron Rodgers say to you, sir? It says a whole lot without saying anything at all. And and that's just what we've come to know of, of Aaron Rodgers. I, I believe it's a setup message, clearly. It's a setup message for you to understand the clarity of it later on. I mean, I, I think that kind of echoes what Brady's saying. It's, it's a it's a it's a cryptic text me- or tweet message. He throws you off. Smoke screen is start off with your now ex-fiance as you mentioned that's the smoke screen right and and I, I even mentioned to you guys at at the awards when he won the 
when he won the the MVP award, it was like he was giving a goodbye speech. Like it was a drop the mic speech. Like it was a moment of gratitude. I, I think he's I think he is uh putting himself out there in a way to be uh admired, to to be revered for what it is that he's accomplished and what the decision is that he makes from there. You know, I I think that he wants to keep people at bay as to what it is that he's going to do. I mean, I think he would make a tremendous poker player. <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't think we have any idea really what hand uh, he has and what he's trying to play. And that's something that hasn't really been discussed is we talk about everything that's connected to Aaron Rodgers and what could happen and why it could happen and all the leverage that he has because he's been back-to-back MVP. But what leverage does he not have? And and I think that that's somewhere along the lines of what he undoubtedly has in terms of leverage to, to try to facilitate whatever it is he's going to facilitate. I think the things that we don't know are the things that are probably the most significant in terms of what his choices and what his decisions are going to be based off of. And and until that becomes clearer, I think that it's just going to be a matter of this this is posturing. You you posture yourself in a way where you don't hurt yourself, but you're not helping anybody else out with doing what it is that he did, other than you're just putting it out there. All right. Final question for the both of you. Was Aaron Rodgers sober when he wrote this does high is high connected to sober <laughs> yeah yeah no, that, that, okay. that would be no that'd be not sober if it's hot okay i was just making sure because some people i mean i know they said driving high is like driving under the influence <laughs> that, that as is well. a good point yeah we so were, i was just making we sure remember those during the holidays but i don't know an hour I, he might have been smoking out i don't i don't know that he's ever smoked i'm, I'm not putting that on him but you know, I, I'm not saying – I think he was in his right mind when mm. he did it. I, I, I do thinking. too. I, I think he was sober, and I think he was having a moment of clarity. Yeah. I'm just saying. There's yeah. uh, so, uh, so again, Moments uh, of clarity are amazing. This yeah. is uh, – Especially on the Weather Channel. Welcome to the uh, – yeah, When Brady. you know exactly how yeah. much rain – Sleet, hail, and snow. There's going to be <laughs> uh, in the forecast. Yeah, yes. uh, and mountains. Uh, yes, unbelievable. That's um, why you're my little bro, man. That's why I bang with you, man. Yep. Mountains. I know. I, I know what. I know what the weather's looking like out there. Snow oh, caps. Uh, yep. Yeah. Um, Canyons. So, so there it is. Uh, this will lead to uh, plenty of uh, speculation. Yeah, uh, valleys. As uh, people try Peaks. and guess uh, what the hell uh, Aaron. That's Rogers Aaron Rodgers. Meeting is Aaron Rodgers. On the peak, or or is he in the valley? Oh yeah. no, he's at the top of the mountain. That's, okay. that's a good point. Well, <clears throat> is he yo- you want to Is he yodeling? Um, uh, is he yodeling? Uh, the Aaron Rodgers is he? Yodeling? Is Aaron yeah. Rodgers I'm not, yodeling? I'm not sure if he's yodeling. No, I mean, well, it depends. I, mean, I would be yodeling if I was a back-to-back MVP, and I don't give a damn how it sounds. I'm a yodel my ass off. Well, you're, and people be like, you can't yodel. I'm an MVP, bitch. You're a college football Hall of Famer. Why can't you yodel? I mean, yeah. You can still I, yodel. I guess that's true. Yeah. I yeah. guess I will yodel at my Hall of Fame induction speech. Uh, I, I, my opinion on this whole thing. 
<laughs> what the hell is that? I'm going to practice. I'm going to just start practicing. All right. That's good. Um, I just, uh, <laughs> th- th- this is the world we live in now to where we try and guess based on social media posts what somebody means. Uh, he's going to do this. All this does is set up for uh, for Brady's brother-in-law, A.J. Hawk and oh. Pat McAfee to have uh, Aaron Rodgers on their show. I think, I think the announcement is, I think the announcement is coming within the next week. That's what I think. I think the announcement uh, one way or the other is coming in the next week. Uh, Brian Gutenkunst, the uh, GM for the Packers, is set to have a Wednesday did press conference. Did he thank conference. any of them? Did he, uh, did he thank Gutenkunst and, and Murphy? Not in that one, but uh, he might have oh, run okay. out of spaces. I don't know how Instagram no, works. I, that's, no, that, been, that well, might have should have been a part of when the music was on. Well, I mean, who knows? I mean, uh, but uh, Brian Gutenkunst is set to talk with the media on Wednesday. Uh, Rogers is probably going to do his interview uh, later on today. I mean, why so. not thank them? And I mean, and if you're and if you're the if you're the Green Bay Packers, why not force his hand? Like if I'm if I'm the Packers, I'm going to force his hand. Yeah, they they tried that and he won two MVPs in a row. No, you know, no, like, no, 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 no. They're still his employer. You gotta keep that in mind. It's still his employer. And and I would say the best way to handle this is to not let it drag out because what's happening is you're damaging Jordan Love. You're you're damaging. Well damaged is it damaged? Oh, that's a wrap. It's Andre. a wrap. Yeah, that's. Uh, he, I ain't gonna say it's a wrap. I mean, yeah, I'm not saying that either. I'm not gonna say it's a wrap, but why? Why let this linger on? Like you watched it happen and linger on with Brett Favre before. Dictate, like the the Packers need to dictate. If if Rodgers comes back, and I think Brady, you said it last week. If he comes back, it's not just for one year; it's probably for two. I I, I think that's what you had mentioned. If that's the yeah. case. Where does that leave Jordan Love entering what year five? Sitting like, two more years. Okay, I mean yeah. he might come I, in and be I, amazing. I just don't know how that works. <laughs> he might be old and wise. Yeah, and, he's going to be thirty-five seasoned. by the time he gets in a game. Uh, yeah, he, he's going to he's going to be forty-eight. He's going to find his first point. chance. Yeah. To play. No, no Mally. He's going to have grandkids. Yeah. Um, <laughs> start winning Super Bowls at fifty. So 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 a couple of things. Tom Clemens. If he is officially hired, which I, I know there was a report. I don't know if it's beneficial. I assume it is. That's the first, first key. The next is getting Adam signed to a monster long-term deal. And then it's figuring out Randall Cobb. If all three of those pieces come back to Green Bay, I think Aaron Rodgers comes back. Now, if you, know, you don't get those pieces, in particular Tom Clements, if that doesn't become official – I don't. I could see him retiring or going going elsewhere, because because I think Green Bay is the only place that understands the value of Tom Clements and understands the relationship that Aaron Rodgers has with Tom Clements and how important that is for him at this point in time in his career. Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. The NFL Combine uh, is on. Man, whew, really worried here. This whole thing was going to be uh, you know, kind of tossed to the side. Uh, now, there was, um, if, if you're just tuning in or catching up to this stuff, uh, almost 160 players who were rep by 14 different agencies, they said they refused to participate in the Combine because of the, quote, bubble. The uh, Combine put together a bubble, COVID restrictions, et cetera, et cetera. But um, the field 
feeling was up until yesterday that the league was going to make some modifications and they were going to look into this stuff and that they were going to uh, figure out a way to kind of please everybody. And it looks like that is what happened. Uh, The quote unquote bubble will go away. So now we will have an NFL combine here. So Brady, uh, you know, uh, we have uh, avoided a disaster here because I know everybody was really worried and concerned that the combine wasn't going to take place. So big time here. Let me just point one thing out that I think was miscommunicated, which happens all the time in today's age. By the way, side note, I was watching like our, our local news and I was listening to it wasn't even the sports anchor. It was like the news anchor who was giving an update on the sports. And I'm listening to every story going, that's not right. That's not right. That's not right. My God, if someone's watching this right now. They're going to be watching and be completely misinformed what's happening. <laughs> it's great. I don't know who wrote the teleprompter script because clearly the news anchor, you could tell, like, wasn't sure what was happening, even stumbled over some stuff. But I'm thinking to myself, like, that is the day and age we live in. We are so misinformed all the time. So the idea of a boycott to the combine was never the case. It was never, there was never going to be a boycott, okay? What the players or athletes were going to do is they were going to show up and not do a damn thing besides the medical testing, which is really the whole entire point of the combine, and interviews. That is it. That was the only two things they were going to do. They were going to elect to then wait until their pro day to test for all their on-field drills and the bench press and all the other crap. So that was, that was what was going to happen. Now, because the NFL apparently thinks everyone listening out there, as well as the players and their agents, are so naive, the NFL implemented a stupid bubble policy after we witnessed a playoffs that COVID seemed to go away. In the college football playoffs, COVID seemed to go away and then magically reappear to put these players in a bubble for the combine. It was just, I under, it, it was all about optics. That's what this was. It was stupid. It was dumb. They think everyone's naive. And it was all about optics. And so fortunately for the players and the players union, the NFLPA, which supported them in this, even though they're not a part of the union yet, they teamed up and said, we're not going to participate in your now made-for-TV event, which used to be in the early you know, hours of the morning, in the midday. Now you've moved to prime time. And now you've tried to profit off of these young men who haven't signed a contract yet, who haven't been drafted yet, and you're asking to show up so you can then sell potentially either the rights to it or everything else that comes off of the combine, which is now an annual event on the NFL calendar. You're asking these guys to to basically show up, shut up, and follow your rules. It was so stupid on the part of the NFL And it's shocking when you consider how powerful the NFL is that they could have an event like this where they could lack any foresight and understanding what was going to happen. So the good thing is, is the agents stood up for the players as they should. And now you've got the NFLPA who actually backed the agents, which we haven't seen in over a decade. The NFLPA have ostracized the agents of the of the NFL players. To the point where, unlike any other professional sport, they are no longer involved in a lot of the collective bargaining agreements or negotiations or anything else for that matter. Which is one of the reasons why they keep getting taken to the cleaners every time the NFL and the NFLPA come into negotiation. 
because they don't have savvy negotiators like agents more involved on behalf of the players in the NFLPA, who can honestly, too, negotiate really from both sides since they talk to teams and they talk to, obviously, their players. So that is the one shining light, aside from the fact that we now get the normal combine that I think we all hoped for. It's the fact that the NFLPA and the agents maybe have struck a common chord and can start mo- like working, moving together, moving forward. Hmm. <sighs> I mean, the, the idea of the combine, is, as Brady mentioned, is for, you know, obviously to, to make sure guys are healthy, to make sure you check their backgrounds, to make sure you, you feel comfortable about who they are as a person. It's a grueling, it's a grueling event. I mean, I, I can remember, I don't know how, how, if it's changed from the time when, when I went through it, but I, I remember it was so grueling. It was so many people touching on me. I got sick. Like I literally became physically ill where it felt like I had the flu. Like I didn't do a lot of the, the stuff that was taking place because I was like crazy sick. You mean they weren't wearing masks? Well, that's long before <laughs> oh we, we talked God. about but wearing masks. The reality masks, is you, you also didn't need to. Like that's the one thing <laughs> is like we make such a big deal about it. It is so insignificant. Like based on what you put on film, what did anyone need to see about LeVar Arrington coming out in the draft? You know what's crazy about that? is that they still the media will still find a way to try to shame you for not for not doing it. The, yeah. I mean 100% and then what they do is they create a narrative like those who participated like I'll never forget like you don't like competition. Er, Erlacher competed. Erlacher came out and was like, "Look, I don't have anything to hide. Like I'm going to compete. I'm going to do this thing, right?" But when I when when you explain logic and reasoning to people you know, they, they tend to look at it for what a, whatever they want to look at it for. Like, to me, I said, listen, I'm not in the same situation as Brian Erlacher. Brian Erlacher was a safety slash linebacker, not a linebacker. Like, the dude was a linebacker playing safety at New Mexico, right? So if he wanted to go out there and show people that this is the position that he plays, this is how he's going to, you know, how he's going to perform. I can do linebacker drills, different things. We all had different motivations, but that became a narrative. Like, like Erlacher's the man, Lavares. I mean, Erlacher went on to have a Hall of Fame career. I didn't. Um, but but the idea of it, w- it was when you're there, if if you're there for the interviews, if you're there for everything, but you're not going to do everything that takes place like I was going to lift and do drills I wasn't going to run my 40 because they had always said that old that old track was slow so it didn't matter how fast you were you you there's a strong possibility you'll test slow on that surface so I didn't want to run I didn't want to run the 40 there I wanted to run it on my pro day but when I got sick I was like man I'm not doing anything because I'm not going to be able to put my best foot forward but to Brady's point it shouldn't matter right it's turned into a show, which the interesting part about it is mentioning the business aspect of it. You're selling the rights to this show. You're you're doing a show. It's on television. It's being broadcast. How much are those players getting paid for that show? Oh, wow. Wait, let me check. Nothing? You have a show that the rights are being sold to that you have wall-to-wall coverage of that has become really a, a a major event for exposure in terms of brand building for the players 
and for the league, and then there's no you're not paying the talent. So so good for the players for stepping up and and the agents and saying, listen, we're we're not this is ridiculous. We're not going to be a part of a bubble combine. It's not happening. Like we'll go get the 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 bare minimum done, but we're not going to take part. All right. in, but here's in the, the only television but here's show. the only problem with that. It's a it's almost it to be there. It's a necessary evil to say I'm positioning myself to be a higher draft pick to to have higher value going into the draft because sometimes it doesn't work out on draft day. So that can that can leave a lasting impression on the organization as well. What type of guy is he going to be? Is he signable? Is he is he, you know, is his agent, you know, can we work with his agent? Do we have a history with their agent? There are a lot of issues that can come up. The the combine becomes a necessary evil. So you can't get too caught up into good for the player and good for because they really in essence they're not even in yet. So they're still trying to get in. But don't you guys think there's there was safety in numbers and the fact that it was almost 160 guys? It wasn't just one guy saying, I'm not going to be a part of this, and all of a sudden he becomes a distraction. You had 160 guys who are like, listen, this is crap, like like the, the way this whole thing is being done. Yeah. To well, me, I, I think there was a little bit of safety in the fact that that many people were willing to be a part of it. Yeah, you're talking about half the amount that get invited. Yes. 50% of what you got invited. So it would make for a really quick – <laughs> right, a really quick TV show, <laughs> and, 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 and probably not all the big names you're hoping for. Now, again, you might get them to walk up and do an interview, and that could eat up some some TV time. But I talked to agents with two of the biggest football agencies, and both of them just like they were they were in shock to a degree that the NFL thought they could just put together this this idea of a bubble, which, mind you. How many other professional sports are currently going on? And yet, who is operating within a bubble? None <laughs> right of now. None yeah. of them. Well, I mean, we, we literally MLB just allow, what, 70,000 fans to get together in a, a city that is probably as restrictive as any in the country. And that was with the NFL, for the NFL, for the Super Bowl. And yet now we're going to go back to some bubble scenario. It just the, the whole thing never made sense. And yet what they were asking from these athletes was completely unfair. I mean, not only could they not work with, you know, their trainers, whether that's a strength trainer or athletic trainer or a massage therapist or nutritionist. Mind you, the NFL was feeding them. It's not even as if they could, you know, be fed whatever diet they're on or meals that they're being, you know, fed. And I don't know who was catering, and obviously there's good food in Indianapolis, but the reality is there might be certain dietary restrictions or diets these guys are on to be at a certain weight or make sure their you know, energy levels at a certain point so they feel like they can perform at their best. That's what we're talking about. Like We're talking about the difference in a tenth of a second making a cornerback a first-round pick versus a second- or third-round pick, which is millions of dollars. Yeah. And for, for the NFL to be – that naive in thinking that no one was going to throw a fit about this, to me, it just goes to show you, I mean, how poorly it's run. For it being the best professional sports league in our country, it's crazy they have these sorts of little issues. Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. I'm George Reister, host of the Reister or Wrong 
podcast. This is the intersection where sports, business, society, and pop culture meet the truth. Absolute fire on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Facts only. Make sure you check your feelings at the door because no BS is allowed. We keep it 100. This is where real conversations happen. Listen to the Right or Wrong podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Did anybody find themselves uh, wondering uh, during uh, the Super Bowls, we were all waiting for it to kick off and the Rock's out there giving some, you know, whatever he was trying to do as Michael Buffer impersonation, introducing the teams, and it just seemed awkward. It seemed like a weird fit, like they were trying to shoehorn Oh, don't hate. I'm just it didn't seem awkward. I think it, what seemed awkward was how big his arm looked compared to the rest of his body. Uh, it I was just, like, my God, yeah. it looks like a special effect in a movie. But it did make, it made He's me wonder, rock. like, what, why? why? Why are they doing this? What's, what's it's the LA. appeal? It's I, LA. I know, but Michael Buffer was doing uh, the intros all year there at SoFi. So it just, it, it was a little odd that they would just turn over to The Rock. And then all of a sudden, uh, news comes out on Monday that, uh, you know, The Rock took to social media, obviously, uh, him running the XFL now. He is uh, the guy that's looking to take over that league and try and uh, get it to actually develop into something. And uh, he had this to say about a partnership now with the NFL. I am so honored to be able to share this very big announcement with you guys that the XFL is officially collaborating with the NFL, the National Football League. And the whole idea about the XFL-NFL collaboration is to grow the game of football, the game that we all love, the game that we are passionate about. Now that the XFL is joining forces with the NFL with one goal in mind, which is innovation opportunities to advance the game of football. We're also looking to create opportunities for player development on and off the field. And as an XFL owner, as you guys know, my number one priority will always be the players and creating more opportunities for them. We're just getting started. What a force to be reckoned with, the XFL and the NFL. I'll keep you guys posted. I love you guys. Here we go. All right. Here we go. Smart a little collaboration. Strategic. That's a smart yeah. strategic play. You said partnership. You got to make sure you keep things in the correct, you know, uh, terminology. Well, partnership I mean, is different I, than a collaboration. I, I don't like how they're yeah. cutting in line over the USFL personally. But again, you know what am I? Right. You know, good, good, just, company, uh, yeah. good company, man. Yeah, good company, man. Let me just that say that was this. a good company line. I, I feel like the XFL is going to get used. Like this is one of those relationships. You're watching both parties walk in, and you look at one via the NFL, and you're like. They're too good for this person. Like, why are they together? And then as they start going on, you will go, oh, they were just using them. Like, they, there was something specific that they wanted from them that they're using them for. Now, look, maybe this turns into a developmental league for the NFL, but it'd be odd that they would pick the timing as of now with the XFL. And based on the announcement – and what he talked about and something that the NFL PA and the players have been very protective of from the NFL is data. And you heard him talk about that. Like if, if the NFL wants to get data from the players, right, all the technology that out, that's out there that exists, it has to be a part of a revenue splitter. They have to talk. They have to work with the union about that. The XFL, to the best of my knowledge, doesn't have a union, <laughs> So the NFL can swipe on in and they can do whatever they want if they're getting access, which it sounds like they are, 
to everything the XFL is doing. And so data, which is one of those trigger words nowadays that everyone uses and talks about, which really it's just the statistics, the information, so they can better analyze it, whether it's to make the game safer, to toy with some of the rule changes they maybe want to implement but want to actually see how it plays out in a live game scenario. They can do that. But this, to me, is about the NFL swooping in, and they're the better-looking version. They got everything you would want to be with the XFL, who you're like, wait a second. Why are, why are these two hanging out? They don't seem like an equal match, but it's because the NFL's using the XFL. Oh, I, I think that when we look at all these other leagues that have tried to, to get, get going, they all fail. Like we haven't seen one really, really make it and and just stay off the ground. We we've seen you know arena leagues, you know, kind of come and go. We've seen these these pro leagues come and go. No one has been able to crack the code of creating something different. I mean, you could say that when you look at other sports, the reason why you don't see other other sports have you know, other leagues come about is because they have, what is it, D leagues, G leagues, stuff like that. They have, uh, you know, what what's the the level in baseball like the minors, yeah. stuff AAA, like that, right? AAA, yeah. right? Yeah, minor leagues. So you you have all of these built in levels that are respected in the sense that they are feeders to the major show, right? You have it in hockey, you have it in baseball. You, I mean, heck. It, Pretty much every sport except football. And, and so to me, I'll say from a different angle, what makes sense is to try to figure out a collaboration or a partnership or some type of understanding where you could work to try to become the D-League of the NFL. And and for what it's worth, I think we had this conversation before, Brady. I, I, I'm not sure, but I don't want to take you out of context. But with now, with everything that's taking place with NIL and different things like that, guys, th- there are guys that disappear from college all the time, whether it be for grades, personal reasons, whatever it may be, not playing, whatever, homesick, you name it. To have the opportunity to go play in the league because – you know, the rules state, you know, you can't get into the National Football League. You have to qualify to get into the National Football League. So there's different ways to go about doing that. If you create that in between uh, the NFL and college, if you can tr- create an in-between league or a developmental league. Like, imagine if it's like, okay, Jordan Love isn't playing for us right now. We'll have him be the the starting quarterback for our our, our training level team in the XFL. You're getting reps, da-da-da, this, that, and the other. Like, it would be no different than, okay, we're going to call him up from the minors and bring him in. Aaron Rodgers got hurt. Okay, we're going to bring him up, da-da-da, this, that, and so on and so forth. It could work if they really genuinely want to create a, a, a different lane because there are so many really, really quality players that don't make it onto an NFL roster. I mean, that's that's factual. So when you look at it from the aspect of can you give somebody the opportunity to continue to develop and and create opportunities for themselves that aren't in college but are in that like that kind of gray area of their career as as a football player, 
if I'm the rock and I'm 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 forging, you know, what I'm trying to do with the XFL, I would assume that would be a great approach because you're not a threat to becoming a competitor to the NFL. You have great star brand by being the owner of the XFL and you could create this this pipeline between and you could grow the sport. You you could 100% grow the sport in a collaborative effort. I just I don't know that if if people look at these leagues as competition to the NFL or I I just think that's the wrong approach to take in this and I, and I don't know if the NFL is ever going to seriously consider any of these leagues a feeder system I mean to me that that's what college football is more so than what the XFL would be I think it's an alternative something that's on when it's not in the middle of the season and you, but you, you only need get, a little bit of a football you only fix. get so many so many years you only get so much time at the college level Imagine having a a feeder league where, say, somebody developed, you know, that they they graduated college at eighteen, nineteen, but I twenty think, years old. I, I think the number will be small. The number of guys that'll that'll go from the XFL that'll get noticed. It's like people go but back the number, to the old XFL. But the number of guys in college is small. No, I understand, but but those guys aren't going to be the guys that the NFL is interested in are going to go to the NFL every single time. The I, idea I'll that give they're going to choose. Here's a great example. Cameron Wake, all right, went to Penn State. Yeah. Disappears, gets hurt, disappears. You never hear from him ever again, right? Then he goes to the Canadian Football League, starts playing, rehabs himself, he's good. Yeah. Then gets defensive player of the year, player of the year, da-da-da, and then goes into the National Football League and becomes a perennial all-pro pro bowler as Derek Wake. He changed his name to Derek Wake, goes to the Miami Dolphins, and is playing with the Dolphins. So he used the Canadian Football League as many players have used the Canadian Football League. And, they, and if you keep in mind, the the NFL thought that this was a, a, a very strategic and strong idea to have a feeder league when they created the, the national, the, the, the international. Europe. Yeah, the they had Europe. the Europe, yeah, NFL Euro. So And they were trying to cultivate talent from, from overseas or give guys from here the opportunity to go play and develop and come over here. So the NFL has been aware of the fact that they could use a developmental league. It just, I still think, I, I look at it as college. I, I just think this is to give people a football fix. And and I like it because you're going to give guys an opportunity to continue their NFL careers. But I just look at this and I go, if, if I'm the NFL, I, outside of, you know, some ideas, some, some rules that they would implement, like the old XFL, you know, camera angles, things that they did during, uh, during that first run of the XFL they took from, but there were only a couple of guys that actually turned into NFL players. Tommy Maddox. He Hate uh, Me. He Hate Me was one of them. I just, I still think that the best path is college to the NFL, but at least this gives an opportunity for other guys to play. I, I, I don't doubt that. <clears throat> what I think where there's a gap and it's missing and it was it was attempted to be put together. I don't even know where it's at. I don't think it's significant by any means. But the, the Pac Pro League, and the Pac Pro League was an alternative to college, and so it was to design and create a system where athletes who weren't serious about their degree or didn't care as much about it could still go play in a professional league where they would be paid a wage that honestly is probably equal to some school's tuition alone, but that's it. They'd receive a stipend for food and the ability to complete their degree for undergraduate at a community college. That was the thought behind it. 
Whereas, look, why make kids go to play football at schools that they're really not there to go to school or get their degree? They just want to play football. I personally don't have an issue with it if that's what they want to do. Now, I'm also someone who's all for being accountable for your decisions and responsible for the things that you decide to do. So in this case, if a young man tries to go and opt out of not going to college, not getting his degree, and goes that route and doesn't make it, well, you can't look back and go, well, man, you know, I didn't get a chance or I didn't get – no, you made that decision. That's your decision. And, and whether or not we want to have a debate about if an 18-year-old is able to make a sound decision in regards to if they should go to college to play football or a semi-pro league or minor league to start that journey, that's neither here nor there. The point is there's been a league that's tried this there clearly wasn't enough traction with that league. I would be curious to see if the XFL would look at doing that. And they would essentially become like the G League to the NBA, where you would now have kids out of high school who would say, maybe for a year or two, I could go earn an income if I want and get my degree at a community school, if that even matters to me, but then play in this professional league and eventually make my way to the NFL. Now, that would obviously you know, you'd need to still be out of high school for three years because that's the rule based on the PA and the NFL. And the players union is never going to change it because they, veteran players don't want even younger players already trying to take their job. And I don't think there's a push for it from the NFL side either. So you're still looking at a player joining the XFL or any other, you know, pop-up league, startup league for potentially three years before they could even go or have a chance to be signed and drafted in the NFL. Which makes sense. And if you were able to create that relationship with the league, then now you're talking about franchises would probably adopt different teams. Either they either they adopt a team and then you start financing the team in certain ways and keeping them strong so that they can develop talent for you, or you just look at it as it's it's everything's up for grabs. If if it's in the XFL, we can go and we can draw from any team. But I I, I mean, when you think of D League and stuff like that, and developmental leagues, they're generally connected to a team. And I think if the NFL did something like that, it would create a lot of opportunity for a lot of guys. It would keep a lot of guys out of trouble for certain, and and it keeps the hope. It keeps a little bit of hope alive that you could realize your dream to become a professional at playing, you know, at the National Football League level. So to me, I think there's a lot of positives and a lot of bonuses that would be connected to it, but there would have to be a ton of infrastructure in place for that to be able to work. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. 